Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick, and we're here to talk about the defense from that, shall we call it a preseason game in Week 18 against the Steelers? Maybe we should. But here to discuss it with me is Slava Cooperstein. Slava, how are you doing? Doing great, Ken, all things considered. Uh, even after watching that slop fest yesterday, we're still locked into the number one seed. Lamar Jackson's happy and healthy. Happy birthday to him, and looking forward to the postseason. Life, life is good. We need to remind ourselves of a lot of this. I thought we'd start with some positive tech, uh, takeaways from this game because there's a whole lot of griping. There's a lot of griping about being a fan at this game. There's a lot of griping about the nature of this game, how it was played, the, just everything about it. But, but let's take some positives first because we need that. Um, there were some developmental opportunities, I thought, in this game. Uh, some good play from Trenton Simpson in particular. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, of all the um, sort of backup players um, that did end up logging in significant snaps, I would say that Trent Simpson easily stood out uh, more than any other, not just not just in terms of uh, the number of splash plays that he made. You know, it's easy to single out a guy who, you know, got his first career sack, um, uh, but just, just sort of felt like he was all over the field uh, in the opportunities that he was given and really um, – you know, he uh, separated himself from Delshawn Phillips, who each of them got some time to um, be alongside Patrick Queen, um, you know, and, and some of that was Phillips getting injured in the second half because I think it would have been Phillips and Simpson for the rest of the game. Um, but but he really, you know, separated himself from the pack, uh, I think, at this stage in the season. Yeah. Delshawn Phillips, a big game of tackles there, but uh... – um, you know, it was it was kind of mixed results. He was in the middle of a lot of that, a lot of that run action as well as was uh, Patrick Queen, frankly, in the in the first half. Um, uh, but let's stick stick with the positive here. Buffalo is still at risk as we record this. Now we're sitting down to record this at a time when all good folks are watching football at one twenty five, and uh, as of right now, uh, the Tennessee Titans lead seven to three against Jacksonville. So this is the information set we're working with, right? But we are fans of the Jacksonville Jaguars in a big way. And we'll get to that more a little later. And Buffalo is still at risk. They will play tonight. And and if Jacksonville wins that the football game today and Buffalo loses tonight, Buffalo's out of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a very high stakes game for both um, Buffalo and, um, uh, and the Dolphins um, and really the whole composition of what the AFC playoff uh, is going to look like. Uh, I think if I had to pick one other thing, I'd say the Ravens came out of this game what appears to be reasonably healthy. Now, they had a couple players leave the game early that have me marginally concerned. Adafi Owe grabbing his shin, it looked like, 
in mm-hmm. the first half when he got out. He was he only played what about seven, eight, nine snaps, something like that. And then uh, um, later in the game, of course, Geno Stone left, and they Stone and one other player were injured on the same play. That was Phillips. Phillips, yeah. Hopefully, the Phillips injury is not serious either. He's an important part of the Ravens. Um, uh, well, he's an important backup for the Ravens. He's also a very important special teamer. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it sort of sounded to me like nothing was considered to be too serious, and this is the benefit of you know having the bye week off. So, I mean, really getting out of here healthy was the alpha and the omega, right? Because you know, uh, you know, we, we just saw back to back weeks where Bradley Chubb went down, T.J. Watt went down. They're now saying it's a grade two MCL. Uh, I, I don't know wow. if that's the official word, but that's what they're saying. Like, I, th- I think that's came from Ian Rappaport. Um, that that uh, that that's what the sources are saying. So he, if it's if it's truly a grade two MCL, he's not playing next week. Yeah, you know. So I mean, those are tremendous losses, and luckily we were in a position um, where we were able to rest a lot of starters, um, which I also think is something that we can touch on uh, later because um, I think there were some questionable practice squad elevation decisions that could have um, aided this uh, team defensively. We, we probably want to hit on that. Um, obviously, the, you know, the second practice squad elevation significantly surprised me. It did not surprise me that they wanted uh, Adams as the first one, but it really surprised me that Ben Mason is the second. And they ended up playing this game with three safeties. Guess what? They ended up losing a safety during the game to go down to two, as as can happen. And I know they had a backup plan in there somewhere. They had probably had somebody who was who was going to move to safety during the game, and they have players like Stevens if he needed him to do it, or Pepe, who I don't believe so. he didn't see any defensive action in the game, uh, who who could have moved there. But but it was it was still it was an odd decision set there. I I, I would go so far as to say it was an outrageous decision, Ken. Um, uh-huh. I, you know, Ben Mason. So you know. It's it's one thing to say, all right, we're going to elevate Ben Mason. He's going to take all the fullback snaps, and he might mm-hmm. even take some tight end snaps to relieve, um, you know, likely, you know, who's who's a really important star. Ben Mason played one snap, <laughs> one snap in the entire game. I waited because while I was watching yesterday, I noticed Ricard a number of times. Didn't notice Mason once, and I said, okay, well, maybe I, you know, I'm just don't, d- didn't bother to look up his number, but you know, maybe maybe I missed it. He took one snap. If you're going to play a guy for one snap, I mean, it is ridiculous that you wouldn't, you know, bring up Jeremy Lucian, who could take some snaps at either corner or safety, um, you know, to, to relieve some of those really important players. And also, Ricard didn't have to play at all if they really didn't want him to. You know, it's right. not that important for him to, to get snaps in in this game. So I, I, think, I think it was a really poor decision. Could have potentially you know, alleviated the, uh, you know, the uh, injuries uh, to injury to Geno Stone. Also, Marcus Williams didn't look quite right to me uh, mm-hmm. in this game. Um, and uh, so I, I, it's a, baff- a baffling decision to me. Yeah, it was it was certainly an odd one. And, and uh, uh, maybe we talk about that first because the Ravens were – not able to rest everybody they'd like in this game. If you if you just want to say, hey, let's sit the whole freaking team while we're at it. Well, like, there isn't a mechanical way to do that with roster construction the way it is. So they had, ended up with their whole offensive line active, for example, with the exception of Kevin Zeitler, who sat. Um, you know, that meant players like Sala were active. It meant players like Pepe were active. Um, those guys didn't play 
on offense or defense. I don't think Zala played at all, by the way. I don't think he even played a special team snap. I don't, I don't believe he did. Yeah. So Williams was out there at least on special teams for 18, 19 snaps, something like that. But the, but the, um, uh, he, he didn't, he didn't see any action on defense in a game where he probably should have. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, I think Lucian would have been the, the, the guy who would have made a lot of sense. Uh, he's a, he's a pure safety He's one. I think the Ravens are looking forward to seeing in, in the future, if he can take over a role from Geno Stone, say next year, it, it just makes all sorts of sense. Adams has no long-term future with the team. They, you know, they're renting him, uh, on a vet men contract, but so it's not expensive, but they're renting him and, uh, Williams will be here next year. So we know that. And we know that, that Hamilton will be next year, but we sure as hell hope he's playing slot corner. So the, at, at, I think in most situations of the world, the Ravens will have another safety on this team who was not on this roster yesterday. I, by the way, it could be Daryl Worley, you know, returning right. from injury, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be a guy that they have as a second safety. And they're saying, yeah, we're really excited about him being the starting safety next to Williams. It, could, it might work out that way. I'm not saying no chance in hell because, hey, Worley's surprised on the plus side in a lot of ways this year that, that, that were positive. I just don't think they're going to go into the season with him as their starting strong safety. Yeah, I think I think he's valuable depth. But then, you know, you just you just kind of look at like what the composition of the defensive backfield looked like yesterday, right? Like aside from the guys that were inactive, Darby didn't play because it, ostensibly because he was still feeling the effects of whatever injury kept him or yep. illness kept him out of practice all week. So he didn't play a single snap, which left Stevens to play every mm-hmm. single snap. That's correct. Um, which is really a serious you know, thing in, in this stage of the season. And also, you know, with Worley being injured, um, you just have um, your back, your, your, your uh, secondary is just very depleted. So it just compounds the, you know, Con, you know how confounding of a decision it was to not have an additional DB there. It's not like it's you know the you know the end of the world from a winning or losing the game perspective. It's just that if you're really trying to keep your players from being injured and you're trying to evaluate somebody who has a future on this team, you know potentially, um, just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm uh, I'm with you entirely. So let's move on a little bit and talk about the weather. Because that was something on everybody's mind yesterday. I can assure you, if you went there, it was. I, 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 by the way, I've been to games where it's been as low as zero. I went to the Mile High Miracle game where the wind chill was was a negative number. I don't know, negative six or what it might have been, but it was but it was down around th- single digits. Anyway, let's put it that way with a, with a big negative with a significant negative wind chill for that Mile High Miracle game. I can tell you without fear of contradiction that 35 and rainy is a lot worse. Okay, you can get you can get a little frostbitey, but you can also prep for a dry and awful, you know, five degree day. Yeah. But um, but you can't really prep for 35 and rainy. And I, I just want to say we got we got a very nice gift for my birthday from some old friends that was a certificate to REI. So we go to REI and and we pick that. First of all, REI's prices are absurd. Okay, and obviously you're not advertisers of us, and we're not going to protect your brand here. Just you know what you get for a two hundred dollar gift card is almost nothing. So we got a couple of pairs of gloves, we got a dog toy, and I think we've got a hand warmer. No, got a couple of mugs. In fact, this one of these mugs I'm holding up right here to, for, for Slava here. So 
it's not very much for $200 that you get. But these two pair of gloves, they're waterproof. And I'm like, this is exactly what we need for football because it's the waterproof that's been the problem in the past. Those gloves were nowhere near waterproof. You, you put them on, my hand's wet on the inside. I squeeze them and there's water. They stay wet forever when they come in from the things. I just want to say thank you for some really lousy gloves <laughs> and overpriced. I, I will tell you that REI has a one-year return policy regardless oh, really? of Yes, regardless of uh, the, whether you wore it or not, if you're unhappy with it, you can return it. Okay, so, but then I have to buy some other overpriced thing with it, or do you think I can actually get cash? No, you'd get store credit. Yeah, see, there you go. That's the that's the trick. Maybe maybe I can buy two hundred dollars worth of dog toys there because the dog is very happy with Mister Fox. I can tell you that. Very happy with that. Excellent. All right. All right. Well, anyway, it's just it's it's the worst possible football weather. So it was a rare situation where you go in. The weather is just atrocious, obviously. A, a kind of weird situation happened to be in line, by the way. And and it's it was a, this microcosm of the thing. And I don't know why, but I think in terms of analogies a lot of the time. And so you, 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 these funny things happen to you. And you realize how much this is a microcosm of everything going on around. So we're, we're in line going through the metal detector. And as we are literally the next person in line to go through a metal detector, a guy in front of me goes, here, why don't you take this beer? I can't use it now. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm five seconds behind you. <laughs> you know, economic conditions have changed. If you're looking for a tax write-off here somehow, I'm not a charity. <laughs> I, just, you know, I, I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> I, I, think, I think maybe he had, uh, you know, used uh, a, a good number of beers uh, right before that. Uh, good day. You know. Kudos for that guy to know his limits. There, there you go. So uh, you knew we, you couldn't try and sneak it in. I guess it was it was uh, was part of the thing. But I thought that was just there was a perfectly nice guy. He laughed about it when I when I said about it. But but uh, it was one of those gestures that, that was somewhat hollow in, in terms of nature. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is otherwise like an exhibition game. I think we'd agree in many ways. Um, everyone gave away or sold their tickets, so it's a lot of Steelers fans there. Um, uh, Lots of no-shows in the mm-hmm. remaining seats, which is a common problem. And you have lots of people who don't otherwise get a chance to 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 go to a football game. So they get, they get given the tickets because somebody else got given tickets because somebody else gets given the tickets often. And they show up to the game, and it's like, this is, this is something they have been to. Of course, they are in the group that leaves early because they're not invested in that ticket the same way. And, and they're, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, it just, it's a different type of crowd that you that you get in a game like this and uh, nothing bad about that great to have some other people get to enjoy football both air quoted (laughs) words um but uh but something yeah uh, yeah the the approximation of football uh is is probably what what they uh ended up experiencing yeah uh, so we had lots of folks leaving at halftime, and I, I'm not too proud to admit that included us for this game. I just looked over at my wife, and she was miserable. I knew we were going to have a lot of time we had to we had to go through in terms of analyzing this. And I said, you know, for for what we're seeing here, this just is not worth it. We'll we'll uh, we'll sweat this out. These damn gloves, which have the one year return policy, thank you, are, are still you know keeping my hands frozen frozen solid. So anyway, we'll we'll uh, uh, let that go. I, I swear. <laughs> Oh, but, um, you know, in, in, even though it was a, like a preseason game in some ways, it lacked most of the things I really love about preseason football. And that is that you get to see a, a whole spate of players that are coming up with a real chance to perform and succeed. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, certainly you, you get you really sell the. Um, you see why certain players are starters, and you see why certain players are backups. And of course, the Steelers have everything to you know everything to gain by you know playing their entire starting lineup and, and and playing hard and playing fast. Whereas the Ravens are just for the most part trying to get out and uh, get out healthy. Um, and there were a couple players who. You know, like we mentioned, Trent Simpson, um, you know, Tavius Robinson, you know, some other players that, you know, did have a little bit of incentive to sort of, uh, you know, play with a little bit of juice. And you saw that um, a little bit more than, you know, but but otherwise, I mean, I from the very start of the game, the very first drive, it really felt to me, um, I think it was a run that got to like the second level, maybe Najee Harris. And it, it really felt to me like the, the uh, you know, DBs were like running very tentatively, yes. like at like at like 80 percent speed, um, not just because they didn't want to tackle or whatever, but just because they wanted to remain sure footed. Nobody wanted to, you know, get you know, get one of those no contact injuries. It just felt like they were playing it very safe. And I can't blame them. Yeah. And I, I think they were told to. I mean, absolutely. I, I, you, 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 want, you want to get right into this. I mean, if you played like that and. It was a important game, and Harbaugh saw you do that. You'd be on the bench. I mean, you'd be, you'd be. There wouldn't be any question about it. You'd watch film. You'd be um, crucified for it in the film room, um, yeah. and then you'd probably, you'd probably hit the bench in the next week, or, and uh, it, w- it would just not be acceptable. But I, you know, that's one of the things about Delshawn Phillips' game that I thought was nice was he had, first of all, he accumulated a lot of statistics. He packed the score sheet with. 13 tackles, a forced fumble, he, you know, pretty good game in coverage. But but he also had four missed tackles in the game. Yep. And he's the only one trying in the middle of that defense. And, you know, the, the, the really big example is look right next to him at Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen was a, had an incredibly low effort, low impact, hot, hot yoga would be the wrong thing, easy, easy exercise kind of game. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I honestly think that for um, for Patrick Queen, the more important thing was getting you know getting hit, whoever his partner was set um, mm-hmm. and putting them in a position to to succeed. I mean, he you know he chased a couple of guys down to the sideline you know a few times, um, but you know I think it's pretty clear that the starters, to the extent possible, were given marching orders to say you know let's you know let's let's play it safe. Right. I, I, I agree entirely. In watching the 2000 Ravens and remembering how they told their cornerbacks to keep itself, Starks and McAllister were enormous components of that team. They knew they couldn't really afford to lose either of them. And they told them basically to avoid um, the pile in terms of tackling. Don't don't get involved in, in those plays. And that's what I think we had really appropriate out of Brandon Stevens, who came back and I thought played very well in coverage, had really nice coverage down the sideline on one of the Two long passes they attempted the whole day, pretty much. Yep, and uh, and also played played generally otherwise well. It wasn't targeted a lot in this game. Um, I I thought it was good that he was not getting involved in tackling. Um, and uh, yeah, just generally, I, I think you're right on the money. I think they were told to do it, and I think it was it was um, a good thing for this team. All right. So the other thing the Ravens don't have to to deal with, of course, they don't have the 90 man depth to draw on to bring somebody in the second half. So Patrick Queen left the game for Simpson and Phillips in the second half, which, by the way, I don't see any reason after watching the second half that Phillips, sorry, Simpson shouldn't have been in there from the beginning to try and play a full game here. Totally. But, yeah. 
but he but he didn't. They decided for whatever reason Patrick Queen was going to play half a game. Then of course Phillips gets hurt and Queen has to go back in, and Queen really did not want to be there. Um, uh, it wasn't that many snaps after that, but the Steelers still ran the ball quite effectively on that last one. Um, we have a note-taking mechanism we use where every run of six or more yards, we write down what were all the key blocks on that play that, that caused it to happen. And Patrick Queen's in a bunch of those notes. Um, so so are some other players, but Patrick Queen is, is in a bunch of those notes. All right. Um, let's talk about Buffalo. This is one of the things that was a was the motivations component of this going into the game was that the Buffalo Bills are a team the Ravens really don't want to see in the playoffs. Um, do you think that's on the Ravens' mind at all as they're playing the game? I really don't think so because it just, you know, I think the safest way to play football is to sort of, you know, you got to you got to simplify it, right? I, I don't think, you know, like maybe the coaches can think about that and how that they're going to achieve that. But I don't think that's entering the players' minds. And I don't think that the coaches are talking to the players about that. I think they're they're going to say, you know, we want you to play at, you know, this much effort to avoid, you know, injury or whatever. And whether they have ulterior motives or whatever, you know, like at the end of the day, you know, the coaches can influence that just by saying like, all right, we're going to run the ball every single time. And mm-hmm. we're not going to pass, you know, or whatever, you know, like there, there are ways that they can influence that. But I, I don't think there's a real benefit to telling your players to consider, you know, like, you know, make sure you don't intercept this, pe- you know, like just, you know, let the players play and you can decide what you're going to do from there. Yeah. Kind of a, a fun thing to do after the game I found, because I got some, some ideas for how we, well, some topics we could talk about in this show was going to the Buffalo boards, the message boards and looking at their you know, they'll, have a, they'll have a post that 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 goes off with people reacting to it with basically every play of this Ravens game. And Buffalo, of course, if the Ravens had beaten the Steelers, Buffalo would have been in regardless of what happened today. So they wouldn't have had to worry about the right. possibility of um, losing tonight to Miami. And the same goes, by the way, for the Jacksonville game right now. So Buffalo probably has a similar thread up right now talking through this, this Jacksonville-Tennessee game. So anyway... Um, when you go to that, their reaction to what the Ravens are doing is is one of um, shock of, you know, of, of uh, that the Ravens are being very unreasonable, that the NFL has to do something about this, that it, there's a there's a there are all a bunch of practical people, by the way, also are saying we shouldn't have put ourselves in this position. You know, if we won one more game, we wouldn't be in the position to do this. And, you know, frankly, I think that's the 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 tack that most Ravens fans had to take most of the year and say that, Hey, the number one seed would have been wrapped up a lot earlier if they'd won that game against the Colts. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, I, I can understand being a pissed off Buffalo fan, but if you're, if you're being realistic, I mean, they would never ever want to put Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs in a position to be injured or anything like that when there's absolutely nothing to gain. And either way, honestly, Buffalo was going to be, playing tonight. I mean, it's nice to have that guarantee, but Buffalo is playing to win the AFC East tonight. Right. So, you know, they, they have every incentive to play. Um, you want to go in, you know, they want to keep that hot streak going. I mean, barely beating the Patriots is uh, not a very inspirational part of a hot streak, but a win's a win. And so, you know, they're, they're just going to have to put on their big boy pants and do it just like Ravens did it. 
yeah. you know, the last three weeks before this one. And, and honestly, it's it's I'm surprised that Miami is as close an underdog as they are even at home in this game, the way that Miami is beaten to a pulp right now in terms of who they can actually put on the field with no Bradley Chubb and, uh, you know, multiple other injuries. We don't know the Tua is right, for example, among among those other things. But they're, they're going to take the field. They're going to try and win that football game. And I think that, that some Buffalo fans have been reasonable in saying that, you know, they're at peace if they can't if they can't be the number two seed. Uh, if they can't beat Miami, then there's no chance they're, they're going to beat the three teams they need to beat, which would be um, bald as the seven seed would say would be Baltimore on the road. Sorry, it'd be, it'd be no, it'd be first they would be. Um, first, they have a wild card game against the second seed. It probably, probably actually might be the three seed if they if they came in at number six. So it could be Kansas yeah. City or it could be Miami. Either one. Yeah, um, but they weren't going to anyway win that game, then win another game against say Kansas City after that, then or 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 after ball against Baltimore after that, and then against whoever's left over, Kansas City, Cleveland, whoever it might be, um, for the AFC Championship. That wasn't going to happen on the road if they can't beat Miami once on the road. So you know why not you know have this be the one extra playoff game? And um, it is it is an extra playoff game. I'm not sure I I would like that thrown at me, but it is it is what it is. And uh, I I thought that that. That guy had it pretty reasonable who, who had, uh, had, had put that thought together. Do you feel that the Steelers fans are being similarly reasonable, Ken? I have not really gone to their boards to check out what I'm seeing. I mean, they 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 think there's a chance that they're in, and there is. Um, but all they've done is given themselves a chance. Um, I think the, the the two losses. I you know I tell I talked to reasonable Steelers people. I talked to Alex Kazora, who's excellent. Right. And he's very reasonable about very measured about where the Steelers are right now. Um, and, and, you know, maybe they get in and maybe they, if they'd lost, maybe they could get in by Denver winning the game against L.A. and some other alignment of the planets working out such that they could they could they could get in. But it just it, it, it it's not a particularly great chance either the way their chance of entering the day was only about 50 percent maybe to 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 get into the game. They did their part. Now we'll you know, we'll have to wait and see. The Ravens have been in this position before also, by the way. I, I think the Steelers are kind of in a similar hill to what we were in oh, um, yes. in the in the second Flacco contract is how I feel. Oh. Because we were sort of um consistently competitive, but you know, sometimes making the playoffs, sometimes not making the playoffs. And aside from that 14 season, didn't really have a realistic expectation that you were going to make much noise when you got into the playoffs, but you weren't really bad enough that you were getting, you know, that anything was going to change, right. Or that you were going to get any, um, you know, considerable draft picks, you know, it took Joe Flacco to tearing his ACL for us to get Ronnie Stanley. Um, And, uh, and so, and and I think Alex has sort of mentioned this, like, you know, he, he, he sort of like, is like, well, the standard, apparently now is, you know, nine and eight seasons. Um, and that's really not, and, and going to the playoffs really, you know, TJ Wattless isn't really doing the Steelers right. um, any favors, but they'll be quick to point out at least on Twitter that they're five and one in the division. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, it, it is what it is. And that's great. Sure. Take, take the victories you can from a season like this. This is, this is very much, I think like the 22 Ravens situation is they're in this hell where they go into, into Cincinnati in sure. week 18 needing to win two straight games 
and they're going to need to win the first one in Cincinnati to have a coin flip opportunity to play that game at home. And it's with Tyler Huntley, who every time he steps on a football field reminds us of how screwed we are without Lamar Jackson. And I'm not, I'm not intending only to beat on Tyler Huntley with that statement. The Ravens just, if, if they don't have Lamar Jackson, it is over. They are like every other team pretty much with, without a backup quarterback. Um, they're completely cooked if, if he can't play. Could they maybe get through the end of a game where Jackson had some, you know, irritable bowel syndrome and, and you know, it needed to finish it off? Maybe. Okay. But depends on the score at the time. But but could they ever go through an, a, an entire game without Huntley against a playoff team? I really just don't believe that's good. That's ever in the cards for the Ravens. Um, there was a um... – who was uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of um, Gruden when Gruden wasn't a coach. Uh, he was sort of uh, in the media. He sort of um, commented to somebody on the Colts staff that they don't practice much with um, without a uh, um, without Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and and the response from I, I think it was the O coordinator, uh, you know, was saying, well, if 18 goes down, we're effed and yeah. uh, we don't practice effed. You know, uh-huh. which which I mean, it you know, Lamar is the engine that makes this whole thing go. Um, and, you know, I, I I've definitely voiced my opinion that I think we could use an upgrade, a backup quarterback. But, you know, that's a, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, that's sort of why I took, you know, I took the playoff loss last season with a uh, with a grain of salt. But it was particularly heartbreaking that it ended the way, that, you know, like it would have been nice to put away the, you know, knock, knock the Bengals out of the playoffs uh, right then and there. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, you know, no Lamar, no chance. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. I guess it's the Ravens now who get to, to get to really be concerned now with Sunday's results. Jacksonville, of course, if they are not able to close out the Titans in Nashville, um, the Buffalo, that Buffalo game tonight will be played for a lot for both teams. Buffalo will, will really need to win the division and the Ravens will be rooting for them to do so because if they don't, they become the seventh seed. They go to play Miami again next week. They'll probably beat the crap out of them. I'd have to have to believe even if they lose this one, they'd be certainly favored to win that game a second time unless there's injuries that that, that occur of course tonight. Yeah. Um and then they they'd be the the most likely team that Ravens would the Ravens would face in the first round at Baltimore. It's not an insurmountable task. I think the Ravens are legitimately better than other AFs every other AFC team, but I'm I'm I would not be anxious for them to face Buffalo in that in that very first game. I agree. I mean, Josh Allen is one of those guys that you know um, is capable of taking over uh, in, in 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 any game. He's a he's definitely a, um, a tall order. Um, but, uh, you know, it's also, it's also, you know, I mean, if we Ohio ready for some quick mental health facts, let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition in the U S more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Get to go through Buffalo and then go through Kansas City on route to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's you know, against it's a little uh, little bit of revenge over the past few years um, against teams that have sort of um, uh, been a thorn in our sides or 
you know, have, have Joe Flacco come home, you know, either way, it's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of fun storylines and, um, you know, Ravens should be, should be confident, uh, whoever they're playing against over the next, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, the next three games that they play. All right, we saw the Ravens again struggle against the run in this game, and now we'll get into the, some of the actual football here. Is is this anything that concerns you entering the playoffs? Is there a lingering impact from this game and giving up so many yards to the Steelers? And and it, it was a lot of aggregate yards. It actually wasn't too many yards per carry in total, 4.0, but they ran the ball pretty much at will. The Ravens knew it was coming, sure, and they had a lot of difficulty stopping it. Yeah, I mean, you just look at how many players have been injured, you know, in in pileups this season, and and you, you can't help but think, you know, um, that they had very specific instructions on how they were going to swarm the football and what that was going to be like. I think I think what they were really trying to do um, was have everything bounced to the outside. I think that was their preference uh, because actually, you know, when you saw some of the best tackles in the game, it was when. Najee Harris or the other running back, I can't remember his name right now, but yeah, um, when they bounced it to the outside and and, and they got, you know, taken down, um, you know, I think that's when they were, when the defense was most engaged. Um, um, You you know, I'm not too worried about it. Kyle Hamilton is, is hugely important to the run defense in my opinion. And, you know, they're, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Roquan's not playing uh, and, uh, and those are just two tremendous, important players in the in the spine of the defense. I, I think they were just trying to get out healthy, uh, you know, make it make it respectable, which they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I I would agree with you entirely. I'm I'm really not entirely concerned. Um, I I didn't like to see it. I didn't I didn't really like to see it on a wet field for a lot of reasons. Obviously, I don't want the extra injury risk, but but also. I don't like that. I mean, the Steelers didn't pass the ball at all in this game. And I know Rudolph went 18 of 20 and the, the Steelers fans are probably saying they eviscerated the Ravens. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, you look at, they had two passes, two passes the entire game that were over eight yards. Yeah. Thir- a 13 and a 71. And that, that 71 was, was thrown with some zip on it. And it was uh, Yassine was not ready for that sort of a coverage opportunity against Deontay Johnson. And Williams yep. didn't seem to be in the right place either. Um, on that one, Agreed. he wasn't really trying to undercut the play. He just he just did not respect the the throw to Johnson. He didn't, he didn't think he was going to go down the field. So, uh, yep, uh, so, yeah, sort of sort of felt like they were almost yeah caught unawares, caught flat footed, just not ready for it. And that you know that can happen in 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 any game really. Um, you know, I think I think where the concern comes in is that you just sort of like there's just sort of this visceral feeling like when you watch your team and it just looks like they're struggling and you're just like, really that like, this doesn't feel good. The last three weeks before this felt great. This mm-hmm. does not feel good. I don't feel good going into, and now it's going to be like a whole bye week and, you know, there are going to be people who are just naturally going to agonize. But, you know, aside from the fact that a lot of players were not playing full tilt on defense, aside from the fact that you didn't have a lot of players um, who are starters not playing, you also didn't have key pieces on offense and football is if nothing else, a complimentary game, right? Yep. You know, you didn't, you didn't have some of your top receivers. You didn't have Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, the, the offensive line was being shuffled the entire time. It just was never going to be um, a really, really great top notch performance. Yeah. I mean, they had Melvin Gordon out there for quite a bit and eventually mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon, you know, caught another bout of Melvin Gordon itis and fumbled the mm-hmm. football. And, sure uh, did. 
And uh, that was, it came at, well, like fumbles ever really come at an opportune time. It came at about as bad a time as it can for purposes of, of potentially trying to um, deliver this football game. Uh, Ravens lost the snap count 62-57. They were destroyed early in this game on those three consecutive three-play drives that started the game. So yep. uh, that was a lot of it in terms of getting in a deep hole. Very apparent both teams, and this was a good thing for the Ravens, that the Steelers also wanted a shorter, less injury-marred game um, uh, for whatever playoff hopes they have. Yeah, unfortunately, it didn't quite work out for them. Uh, sort of a you know freak-ish accident, um, you know, taking out T.J. Watt's knee. Um, uh, but, you know, they this is a game they needed to have um, for whatever – playoff hopes they they think they have and you're not just gonna you know sit your players because and 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 send the message that you don't think you're gonna go anywhere in the postseason because anything can happen get hot at the right time somebody else gets injured things happen so i mean gotta gotta get to the dance they are very excited about the quarterback they have now he's now played if you include this one and i would in terms of it didn't it didn't it wasn't a counter example to him playing well though if they had played better the 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 last couple of weeks before this I mean, Rudolph had been tremendous in terms of of uh, turning the offense around and how much they, they'd done. So, um, you know, he didn't he didn't you're going 18 of 20 in those kind of conditions. There's nothing about that which which makes your situation less than it was before. It just it wasn't it wasn't a lot of throws down the field or throws tried trying to get between level two and level three. There wasn't there wasn't really any of that in this game. Well, if you remember, Ken, there were people last season who suggested that we should be going with Tyler Huntley in the future. And some of those people are national media who get paid to have <laughs> crap opinions. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the most, the most popular guy in the city is sometimes the guy holding the clipboard, right? There you go. And this is uh, Lamar Jackson literally could have made 80 million this year and it would have been a, a worthwhile salary for him to make. Um, the Ravens, mm-hmm. you know, should have felt like they could certainly if, if you could have Lamar, if you can have, if you had to, if you had to do without Ronnie Stanley this year, and had just Lamar Jackson's play, you you certainly gotten complete value for the two salaries paid. Um, but totally, yeah. But uh, but anyway, uh, it, certainly things worked out in um, in those ways for the Ravens. Thank thank goodness, because it is the one thing that'll that'll keep the Ravens around these next few years. Well, is there anything else that really stood out for you in the game that was like a, a, a something that came to you that is like we need to talk about this and, and this one, particularly about the defense? You know, um, I without getting into without getting into too uh, specific because uh, you know we will be hitting on specific players. I, I do. Uh, it was interesting just to sort of see what life without. Patrick Queen might look like. I mean, Patrick Queen played on the field pretty much the entire game, but if you just sort of substitute Roquan Smith in for, you know, Patrick Queen in your mind, you know, you sort of look like you're, you sort of got a glimpse of what having, um, not having one of those two guys kind of looks like. Um, And, you know, it's obviously not going to be as, as good, you know, looking into it. First of all, those, you know, whether you're talking about Phillips or Simpson, those guys are not getting the first team reps. Those guys aren't, you know, don't don't have the experience um, that that Patrick Queen has. So naturally, there's going to be um, some drop drop off. I, I do think there there's some reason for excitement based on what we saw from Trenton Simpson. But like again, 
it's about consistency. We have seen Del Sean Phillips on a number of times. Um, I think I think he's had some better games than he had yesterday, uh, but he wasn't you know he wasn't awful by by any stretch yesterday, and particularly considering the conditions. Uh, but it is a drop off, and so it's I think it's really valuable for the Ravens to see uh, what life without PQ is going to look like, and sort of think about like you know are the replacements that we have sufficient? Are we going to need to you know bring somebody in? Are we going to you know? Are we going to platoon? Um, you know how, how how are we going to operate? And I think that's an important question for twenty twenty four. Let's let's talk about that for a second there because I think what I saw from Simpson yesterday, this guy is very similar to Patrick Queen in a lot of ways. Now there, I might have seen more physicality on the edge that I really liked stretching out some plays that was positive, but if you look at the sack he had and mm-hmm. the blitz coming from level two as well disguised. He was way too quick for the left guard to, sorry, the right guard to move over and pick him up who would have been responsible. And Daniels wasn't looking to do that. He just had his attention misdirected towards the the nose of the three tech. I forget which one it was on that side. And um, it ended up, he had about the easiest run of the quarterback you'll ever had. Did not miss the tackle, which is really nice. Took him right down and won. Um, This wasn't a great day for quarterbacks getting away from pressure because of the, the the nature of the field and whatnot, but it was it was a nice, hard, clean tackle. No problem with him. Great to get him on the board. But it reminded me so much of what Patrick Queen has given the Ravens over these last four years in terms of being a you know a quick blitzing guy. And then he made a couple plays on the edge. Uh, one in the run um, on a um, play for negative five uh, that was run to the left side. Uh, very Queen-esque in terms of being too fast and, and uh, stretching the play out. We didn't really see Simpson get – I think he made a tackle on a pass play also that was on the right side. And it might have been a run, but I, think, I thought it was a, a short pass play for zero or two uh, in the, in that range that he, that he made a nice play on. But anyway, the, the point being that I think he, he actually gives the Ravens a lot of what Patrick Queen does, and it wouldn't shock me – if the Ravens are already thinking about we have a three down guy here and um, we might not be a, we may remain a committed nickel team. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think we need to see what he looks like in, in actual coverage situations. I don't think we got to see a ton of that. Um, uh, He does look like a safety out there almost though. He's, he's like sort of, he's a, he's a, and and he's a converted safety, isn't he? Yep. Um, So, um, you know, I think another year in the NFL weight room, will do him good at the inside linebacker position. Um, and, uh, and, you know, to your point, you know, it, it, it may not be easier for quarterbacks to move around in, in the rain, but it also isn't easy for, you know, pass rushers to get off in the rain. So he was able to have the explosion that he had, um, which was impressive. It's just a question of, you know, are we getting Patrick Queen or are we getting Kenny Young, right? Or something mm-hmm. in between, right? You know, both of those guys could move really fast and, 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 and kind of wow you. Um, but, what I would say is very different from the cautionary tales of, you know, Owasso and, and Kenny Young is that those two guys were put together and, and those two guys were not ready to be next to each other. Um, you know, whoever is going to be playing, you know, Patrick Queen spot next, next season is going to be, uh, you know, next to Roquan Smith and that's going to help elevate their game. And, and, and they're going to learn a lot. Uh, and I think they're going to learn a lot very quickly. Um, so, you know, at, at the very least, we have some some players that are um, going to be able to be depth pieces or going to be part of uh, what could be a really interesting comp, uh, um, competition going into next yeah. season. 
Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Young, I, I, I just took a look and see how long he's been retired from the NFL, but he last played on defense in 2021. So he hasn't, it's been a while. So he's, uh, he, he played a few special team snaps in 22, but uh, did not, has not played at all in 23. Uh, I think the, the discussion of, of what they do in a post-Queen era, uh, we talk about a little bit in the package thing. So let's go through that fairly quickly. I do not want to spend a lot of time on packages today. does not matter how many yards per package attempted the Ravens gave up in this game. I think we all agree on that. But they used a very basic array. Nickel, they split between some standard 28 times, uncovered one time. No big nickel in this game. They only had three safeties active. Adams was the third. They weren't. Uh, they weren't looking to to use a, uh, uh, a a safety there. Which, by the way, is another thing that's going to hurt the run game because Pittsburgh uses sure. a bunch of tight ends, and you know it would really have helped to have a third safety there. Um, uh, what else do we want to say about this? Thirty-one base snaps. Um, they were really stacked up to stop the run in the slop. Uh, it did not. Uh, it, it it wasn't uniformly successful. Obviously, they didn't give up a ton of runs yards per carry, which I didn't want to get into. But um, in, in base, I just felt like they could have been better than they were. But again, as you mentioned earlier, I think co- correctly, a lot of people making business decisions are told to make business decisions in this game. One jumbo set with four defensive linemen and three DBs. It's kind of interesting that they went to that. It was late in the game. I think it was on the on the very first play of a drive, and they still gave up a pretty significant run play on it. I, want, I don't remember if it was six or eight or nine yards, but it was like one of those uh, in there. And uh, uh, they did it even when they put four defensive linemen on the field and had only two safeties in a corner, uh, otherwise playing that. I think we'll talk a little bit about the season as a whole here because this has been a really interesting Ravens season for being very uniform in terms of package. 14 times they played with four defensive linemen or more. And I think they might have had one with five, but that's 1.3% of the snaps. A lot of goal lines, some short yardage. One from the Steelers game, as I mentioned. few specialized situations, but obviously they're not using that very often. 192 base snaps. 17.5% 17.5% of the snaps. Now, when you lead games a lot, you get into a situation oftentimes where you don't have to play nearly as much base um, as as you might in seasons where you trail a lot and the other team is trying to um, sit on a lead by running the yeah. football. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's, I, you know, the statistic every, every week was, um, you know, how many minutes the Ravens actually spent not, not leading and it was, uh, you know, the lowest for a good portion of the season. I assume that it's – I haven't seen the latest one, but I assume that uh, that, that has remained uh, pretty consistent as um, our AFC competition has floundered. And particularly uh, given that many of our losses were, you know, last second, you know, the last second scores or field goals. Um, so, uh, you know, it would make sense that the, um, the base package uh, we didn't have too much use for. It's, uh, this is now if, uh, a lot of streaks got broken yesterday in terms of what was going on well for the, the 2023 Ravens. But one of them was they'd led in the last two minutes of every single game. And one of the things I'm kind of thankful for is that they weren't playing for anything yesterday. Uh, I would have hated for the Ravens to have a be been sitting on a 16 and 0 record and had to play this one out. Mm-hmm. Maybe even with everybody you know wanting to jealously guard this thing that they could have. Um, and you know, we saw some players playing hard for the Ravens. Jadavian Clowney and Kyle Van Noy, they're playing really hard. They're trying to get after the quarterback. But well, uh, Clowney, Clowney had some incentives he needed to get. Exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. So when you have something to play for personally or for the team level, you know, you're you're uh, you're 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 more likely to play hard and probably you're you're usually the player who plays hard is less likely to get injured. I've I've often found you don't, you really don't want a guy playing soft being on the field at all. But, uh, you know, such was the, the nature of roster construction is you, you, you couldn't make the entire change here. Uh, 881 nickel snaps this year for the Ravens, 80.3% of all types combined. I believe that to be the highest in Ravens history. I have not gone back and checked on my database yet, but um, that's down about about almost four points from the highest it was at any point this year. And largely it was this game with a, with uh, over half the snaps being base that, uh, um, that made a difference, but it's still an extraordinarily high number. And the dime defense of your grandfather or me, if you want to put cast me in the role of your grandfather, who absolutely loves the dime defense and, and what it brings to third down, um, 10 snaps the entire year. Uh, 2018 Ravens, of course, played as to the 19 Ravens. I'm sorry. Played a 42% dime. This team, 0.9% dime. What can you say? You know, uh, it, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, you know, uh, I think, you know, Kyle Hamilton just gave them so much flexibility in that in that nickel defense that uh, they felt that they got enough. You know, it was the perfect balance of run support and uh, and uh, pass coverage, you know. Yeah, that, that explains the early downs. It doesn't really explain the later downs where you have a chance to either take a defensive lineman or a linebacker off the field. They didn't want to take Patrick Queen off. OK, I kind of get it. They didn't want to take a second interior lineman off the field. I'm not sure I get that. And then they played a little bit of 32 dime when we saw it with with you know just an outside two outside linebackers, one down lineman, and two um, off ball linebackers. We saw some of that this year, but we didn't see very much. And you know, McDonald he understands his own personnel. He 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 has his plan for how to get the most out of them. Mine is more from an organizational perspective that it's not this is not a defensive coordinator level decision. This is a organizational decision to play dime. And the reason it's an organizational dime, uh, decision is because you save a ton of cap space doing it. Sure. So if you want to have Lamar Jackson on your offense, part of the thing is you have to figure out what can I do without that might otherwise be optimal. I Sure, I'd love to have a unicorn at, at all 11 defensive positions, but I'm not going to anymore because I have Lamar Jackson and I have to pay him. So I, I'm, I But I can certifiably, and the Ravens have proven this in the past, get away with a very cheap weak side linebacker position that I platoon among three people. Well, they'll certainly have the opportunity next season. Yeah. True dad. True dad. All right, let's move on. Talk about the pass rush, then we'll break this and after the first uh, uh, segment, come back and talk about some individual players. Um, stop putting ourselves through this torture, damn it. Uh, <laughs> the, the Steelers um, did not let the Baltimore pressure continue totally take over the game, but the Baltimore got a good pressure rate in this game. Um, and, and Rudolph made frankly, some pretty good throws under extreme pressure. I thought was one of the things, but uh, McDonald, very limited use of numbers and deception. Um, but, but the opportunity set, I thought Rudolph, that was Rudolph's big victory in this game is he came out with a right on par performance for the opportunity set, even though he went 18 out of 20, he was right on par in terms of yardage, despite all these little ticky ticky tack throws, um, uh, he came out right on par in terms of yardage for the uh, for, for the opportunity set. I'll go through that really quickly. ATS, six plays for 97 yards. Obviously, that includes the 71-yard play. So that's 16.2 yards per play and one turnover. Now, the way I look at that, you look at that 16.2 yards per play, and you say that's about maybe seven yards above 
what he would normally have on those throws. So let's say he's plus 40 in terms of his ATS throws, in terms of the expectation. Ball out quick, seven plays, 31 yards, 4.4 yards per play. I, I think maybe five and a half, six yards is maybe a normal for BOQ. So he lost about seven yards maybe on those BOQ throws, especially considering the conditions. You know, that's that's not an unreasonable thing. So he's still plus 33. And then you look at the pressure, and he had 10 plays for two net yards. So Ravens did a pretty good job when they got pressure. That included three sacks. They got a turnover, 0.2 yards per play. Three, three and a half might be normal. So think about losing uh, 3.3 yards per play times 10 is 33. Well, what do you know? We're at zero. So uh, it's one of these things where uh, uh, just extreme. I, by the way, that I'm wrong about that. It's 10 plays for one yard. I, I miss miscounted earlier. I remember we fixed it already on the in the in the. Uh, spreadsheet and whatnot. The clowny actually had a nine-yard sack and not an eight-yard sack, but uh, but still, anyway, point stands that that Rudolph about on expectation in terms of yardage for this slop fest or um, for the opportunity set he had. Yeah, credit to him. He was uh, he was steady, uh, not not spectacular, but uh, but you know he definitely uh, got the ball in there on that one play and. Uh, gave his guy a chance. Uh, I think it was Deontay Johnson who, yep. um, who, 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 you know, gave, gave him a chance to make a play, and he did. And you know, that's the difference in a, in a otherwise close, sloppy game like this one. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, they had three more sacks on twenty-four man rushes in this game, so uh, they still got some coverage sacks despite the wet field, and that's something that you know oftentimes the the you know we saw this earlier is that the receivers really make monkeys out of the defensive backs on a wet field, and you know they'll bite on more fakes, they'll get more separation, they know where they're going, all of that stuff. But Rudolph just and 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 Tomlin, I guess, were, were not comfortable letting the ball fly over the field, all over the field, and try and um, make some plays down it. So they didn't really make any good attempt. One long opportunity on the left side that was fairly well defended by Stevens and just overthrown, and and one against Yassin that that uh, unfortunately went for the distance. Yep, that, that was definitely a very good coverage by Stevens. Um, it was just nice to see him uh, looking uh, to be fully back in, in, in good shape uh, against a quality opponent. Back on the field, it was it was definitely definitely a positive at all for me from from just that perspective. But uh, uh, deceptive elements, we'll talk about real quickly here. Off ball blitzes three times, all singles, 0.13 per play. It's very low. Um, McDonald often does a lot more than that, although he's been somewhat restrained this year. These are off ball blitzes. It doesn't necessarily mean somebody doesn't drop, and it's still a four man rush because the Ravens do a lot of that. Um, but only five yards on those plays, one point seven yards per play, and they did get the one sack. That was the sack from off ball by Simpson. That was in that group. They stunted four times, two singles, two doubles, 77 yards, 19.3 yards per play. So guess which play that included? <laughs> so in the stunts that they included the, the, the touchdown to, to Johnson, of course. Simulated pressures two times for nine yards um, and two plus elements two times for six yards. So I, I, there's nothing we can draw from those small sample sizes there. But uh, uh, the Ravens really held back the fact that sample sizes are small. They really were holding back on almost all elements of deception in this game. Uh, after halftime, we did not see much at all from McDonald. There weren't too many pass plays, but one rush of five plus one off ball blitz. That was a Simpson sack Four stunts spread across three plays. So, and zero simulated pressure. So again, like in the second half against Miami, they really went to almost nothing of a, um, uh, tricky, uh, deceptive nature in that second half. 
Clowney, we talk a little bit about his game whenever you want. We can talk about the second part if you want. Led the contributors. Four pressure events. Um, he had a nice uh, pressure where he set up Van Noy on his sack. Yep. And he had a sack, of course, himself and, and uh, knocked the football loose himself once. Uh, Van Noy also did. Um, Van Noy had contributions to three pressure himself, pressure events himself. And that was pretty much it. They did get a couple from Matabike in this game. But uh, uh, they had 10 total pressure events. And Van Noy and Clowney were, were certainly responsible for most of that. Yeah, I noted that um, um... – when watching game that uh, that Clowney's sack was uh, very reminiscent of one of those uh, Suggs strip sacks with the, you know the arm just reaching out and batting mm-hmm. the uh, QB's arm you know it, it feels like he ran you know ran around for like twelve yards before he got to it but he he got there and uh, and that was good to see you know that those guys are continuing to bring a high motor and have some juice and just the amount of pressure and the amount of sacks that they've contributed particularly um, Van Noy you know, coming in week four uh, or week four or five, um, uh, you know, just pretty impressive uh, yeah. uh, close to a, to a season. Yeah. But, you know, part of me sees Jadavian Clowney get the sack and say, you know, I kind of wish he hadn't done that. That's another 0.3% of the salary cap gone for 2024. But on the other hand, boy, there's nobody who deserves it more. There's just nobody who deserves that money more than Jadavian Clowney. Who's had a fantastic year. I think he could really get paid this offseason. We'll we'll see who's really willing to take a two or three year chance on him at this point. But he certainly looked like he has a lot of gas in the tank. I don't think that they can possibly um, make it happen with the Ravens. But you know he, he's going to get paid somewhere anyway. And, and uh, fine year, fully deserving of the extra seven fifty uh, from this game. And very similar event happened in two thousand six. By the way, Suggs had a bet that I can't believe that he was willing, he and his agent were willing to make, but he, he came off the N, the NCAA sack record 24 year that he had at Arizona state. And he bet the Ravens essentially that he'd have 40 sacks in his first four years. And he came into that game against Buffalo at either 39 or 39 and a half in a game that if people remember it in 2006, they needed that win to, to secure the buy in the first round that, Got them the pleasure of losing at home to to, to uh, sure. Indianapolis. That horrible game. Yeah. But anyway, Suggs had a sack, and it was the same thing on the field. I, I was noticing it at the game that you know it, he is so excited. What the hell is going on? And sure enough, it was Suggs being excited about him getting his 40th sack over four years, and it was well not a well publicized thing, but it was it was something like a five million dollar escalator. I want to say for him in terms of, of what was included. So it was non trivial amount right. of money. Right. And. Uh, uh, Anyway, a real good one. Well, look, you know, that that, that small portion of the um, – to me, that small portion of the next season salary cap is uh, worth um, worth keeping the good vibes rolling. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times a team will, um, you know, honor those uh, incentives even if they're not quite met anyways just because a player has overperformed throughout the season and they want to do right by them um, um, and, uh, and, you know – but you know, luckily the Ravens didn't even have to worry about that. Clowney, Clowney delivered, and he uh, looks to continue to deliver into the playoffs. Yeah, you remember what happened in the movie Eight Men Out when Eddie Seacott goes to Comiskey and he demands his bonus for winning thirty games, even though he only won twenty nine, because Comiskey held him out of five starts yeah. in in August, and so he's he he's upset about that. And he goes, "I think he owe me that bonus," and and Comiskey refuses to pay it, of course, and then Seacott throws the first game of the World Series. And uh, that that uh, 
got him back a little bit, I think. Yeah, keep the players happy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Slava, always a pleasure talking football with you. We, we, we go through this, at least it's more fun having kind of a philosophical level discussion with you, and we can look at this game as kind of a almost like 50,000-foot level as opposed to being right down in that very cold stadium and uh, and talking about it that way. Uh, but I really appreciate having you on. Uh, tell folks where they can find your work online or where they can talk football with you. I'm on Twitter at Slava Cooperstein. That's S-L-A-V-A-K-U-P-E-R-S-T-E-I-N. And Sava is, of course, also the co-host of One Last Thing, which is a show I'd highly recommend. Got a lot of very positive comments on that and the show with Voss on Friday Morning GM. But uh, very happy to have both of you guys. I hope we're going to be able to continue this in the future in terms of, of having a, a, a show because there's been good content, I think, the entire year. And the latest one is a discussion in uh, change of defensive philosophy for the Ravens that's, uh, that's out there. And it actually came out, I think, after the game yesterday. So it's, it'll be uh, it'll be out there. It'll be the, the 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 primary thing you can see until tomorrow when this uh, defensive thing comes out, which is nice because future you can go back and talk to past you of Sunday here and go look at that while it's still while that statement is still true. Well, you know, Ken, I do love the sound of my own voice, which makes this the perfect medium for me. So <laughs> hope everybody enjoys that little palate cleanser. Slava, Slava is a, a lawyer and a and a, a, a barely a very good one. Does some uh, very important work. We'll talk about it another time. But uh, uh, other facts, other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, time is perfect. Hit me up now. DMs are always open. I'll get back to you quickly. Slava, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. And we'll talk to you next time on film study. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.